Hey y'all, this is Chris Lennon, and you're listening to the Sparkle in the Mess podcast. I come to you as a recently divorced single mom, and I come to you with honesty and vulnerability. I invite you to join me in my struggles and on my journey towards self-improvement. If you're currently going through a messy life situation and you're looking for some encouragement, you've come to the right place. Okay, so I have been thinking about recording this podcast all day, and at the same time, I've been putting it off all day. And I think that it may just be me, but podcasting is kind of nerve-wracking. I don't know why, because you're by yourself for the most part, doing it on your own time in the comfort of, you know, wherever you want to do it. In my case, it's the desk in my room. So I don't No one's watching me. No one's listening to me right now. I can edit. I can take out. I can actually not publish what I'm about to say. Like, it should be a very um, uh, what's the word? It should be a very non daunting. Or not intimidating at all. But for me, for some reason, it is intimidating. And I think it's intimidating because when I hear myself talk or when I speak on on these things that my podcast is um, about, you know, they're not easy issues. And I tend to want to just shut down and go within myself and, you know, just talk to myself and my own head and journal and do things that are very private and are very quiet and are very contained with these hard emotions and these hard life situations that podcasting is the opposite. You know, I'm putting it out there. Even if it is for me to just talk about it, literally staring at a wall, I'm still putting it out there. I'm still verbalizing it to a certain extent. And I guess that's what is intimidating. It's hard for me to verbalize how I feel about certain things, how I truly feel about certain things that are emotionally hard for me. It's easy for me to talk about nothing and to, I don't know, shoot the shit with someone. But when you're getting in the nitty gritty, I do clam up. I clam up bad, like probably one of the worst people that clams up out there. So I guess that's why it's intimidating for me. Um, an exercise. Okay, so I've been editing and I obviously do my own podcast audio and I edit very little. Like I don't change, I don't know how to change like background noises or, you know, make my voice sound more soothing or whatever. I don't know how to, I don't know the ins and outs of production. It's, everything is very self-taught. I taught myself how to record an introduction and an ending and how to insert it into an episode. I'm actually very proud of that. It was very challenging and I did it. Um, But one of the things, and so when I edit, I edit out dead space because sometimes I will start saying something and I haven't quite formulated the words. So my brain knows exactly where I want to go, but to formulate the words, it takes longer. So sometimes there's some dead space. 
So part of my editing is cutting some of that out. And what I've noticed in my editing is after I say the word, um, I do like this weird lip smacking. Like I go, um, something like that. I can't, I probably didn't recreate it very well just then. But if you'll pay attention, oh no, don't pay attention because then it'll become this annoying tick that you won't be able to get over. But anyway, you'll hear it. And now that I know I do it, I hear it and I did it just, oh my gosh, I just did it again. Uh, I did it just a little bit ago and I, that's what got me rambling about, about it. Uh, anyway, so one thing that I like to do when I'm in a situation where, let's say you're out to dinner with someone and it's a little awkward, uh, maybe it's a friend, but y'all don't have a lot of history together or you're at a party and you're kind of stuck in the corner talking to or somewhat talking to another person who seems just to very shy and unwilling to engage in conversation. One thing I like to do is casually ask about their day yesterday. And what this does is it kind of catches them off guard because that's not something people really ask. Oh, tell me about your day yesterday. You know, so it kind of catches them off guard. And then it, I think, also drops any kind of protective, re, like, I don't know, protective layer they may have because it's not a scary question. It's something that they lived through and survived and is recent in their mind. So it's not like, hey, tell me about your day today. Because if you ask them about their day today, there may have been some things that have that had happened and it may be like super minor things, but it may have, I don't know, disappointed them, come at a surprise, change something, maybe it was life-changing, I don't know, and you're a stranger, so they're definitely not going to share that stuff with you. But if you ask somebody, what, tell me about your day yesterday, some of that, like, blunt trauma that happens to us in the present, it dulls, you know, after a while. So, asking someone about their day yesterday, you don't get that, like, those hardcore, like, raw emotions. They're not raw, really, anymore. They've, like I said, they've lived through it. They've survived it. They can kind of, you know, there's a hindsight 2020 thing, and so they feel comfortable talking about their day yesterday, and they know where to edit. They're not, there's no surprises coming, and it gets their mind thinking a little bit because you do have to think. I know it was only 24 hours ago, but you do have to think a little bit, like, oh yeah, what did I do yesterday? So it gets their mind thinking a little bit, which is good, and then it gets them used to talking. You know, as soon as they start talking, they become comfortable because they're talking about something they and only they know. So there's no judgment on my part. There's no point where I'm going to step in and say, wait a second, that didn't happen because I don't know. I don't know them. I didn't, I wasn't with them yesterday or in their minds or whatever. So it gets them a little bit more comfortable and generally something will come from the conversation like they'll remember some kind of weird detail in the day and then the conversation can sort of go on a tangent and, you know, yada yada. So that's a little trick from me to you that you can use. It's just, it's the only thing that's awkward is asking like, hey, tell me about your day yesterday. Like that's just kind of an awkward question, but it is very, um, Oh my gosh, I totally just did it again. It, it It is very effective. And on that note, because I've been putting this podcast off and I'm 
not I'm still, even though I've been rambling for, my gosh, it's already been nine minutes that I've been rambling. Y'all have been listening to me ramble for nine minutes already? Whoa. Okay, so I should be used to talking, but I'm not. So I'm going to tell you about my day yesterday. <laughs> my guards are still up. So I'm going to tell you about my day yesterday. Yesterday, I, let's see, I got up. I hit the snooze button a lot because I really didn't want to get up. That's a recurring theme in my life. And in the last couple, or in my podcasts, you'll often hear me say that that's the hardest part of my day is getting out of bed, getting up, because I immediately feel, I think, overwhelmed with the day and scared, really, that I won't be able to measure up or... Uh, even if it's some, if there's something I'm really looking forward to, I'm afraid that disaster is going to happen and I'm not going to get to experience it or I don't know. My mind just starts going and once my mind starts going, it doesn't stop. So getting up is hard for me. So I think I probably did snooze, I don't know, three or four times. I finally got out of bed, took my dog on a walk, got ready for work. I went to work, which I recently got a new job. Yay! That's me clapping for myself. Because <laughs> uh, this job is a good job. I mean, I wish I could say that podcasting and doing what I do on social media and writing my blog is what pays the bills, but it's not. (laughs) In reality, I need a full-time job to survive and to live the life that I want to live. Um, So I got this new job, and I'm really excited about it because it is So I'm a pharmacist. I think maybe I said that in a previous podcast or at least on my blog or I don't know. It doesn't matter. So if you didn't know, I'm a pharmacist and I've worked in retail, retail pharmacy for 13 years now. And I hate it. Like absolutely hate it. Okay. Just hate it. Which kind of pushed me into thinking outside the box and thinking about other uh, ways to make a living, to make income. So I started a side business about five years ago, uh, with a great company and I do make a decent paycheck. It it was better in the past than it is now, but, uh, so anyway, I, and sort of like the blog and monetizing, social media and podcasting, I have an affinity for those things, even though it completely puts me out of my comfort zone. I do have an affinity for those things, and the fact that you can monetize them is very intriguing to me, and um, so I think the fact that I was so miserable at my job is actually what led me to one of the things that led me to be sitting here recording this podcast on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, So I and the other exciting thing about my new job is that it's still pharmacy related, but it is like literally every single aspect of it is the exact opposite of my job in a retail setting. So it is so nice to not live day in and day out in a retail pharmacy anymore. It is so nice. So, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing at this new job. And there are its challenges and I don't, but I don't think that I'll ever get burnt out at this job. It's because it's very interesting. It's very intriguing. It plays on a lot of different levels. Uh, it's um, it's good. It's it was a good move. It, but again, like 
very, very, very polar opposite of what I'm used to doing. So career-wise, I feel like I've kind of started a new career. Um, so I go to, so I went to my job, then I went to, let's say I got off, it was kind of a slow day, so I got off earlier, even earlier than I anticipated, at about like 2.30, 2.45, I left, and I had a, a I had an appointment at, at 3.30 for Botox. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there because I love it. <laughs> and here's my history with Botox. So I got Botox probably, let's see, I was married for 12 years and my fifth year. So seven years ago, I got Botox for the first time and I... It, it, seven years ago, Botox was a lot more expensive than it is now. It still is expensive, don't get me wrong, but it was a lot. Like, it was five times more expensive back then than it is now. And But I was a full-time pharmacist with no kids and didn't really have, like, had student debt, but student loan debt, but you know, was was living it up. So I had expendable income, and was like, yeah, I'm gonna do Botox. So totally did it, loved it. Didn't tell my husband that I did it, but then like three or four days later, ended up telling him, and he wasn't very excited. He. He had a strong opinion about it, and it was negative, and he then asked me, or told me, probably asked, but I felt like told me that I couldn't do it again. So then my, like, a little piece of me died <laughs> because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to look so old soon, and there's nothing I can do about it because he won't let me do anything you know, that's out there right now. And one of the reasons actually, when I found the company that I started working with, I mentioned earlier that I um, started a side business. Well, I started with a company called Rodan and Fields. And if you haven't heard of them, they're the dermatologist that used to, that created Proactive. And now they've come out with this new company. It's called Rodan and Fields. And they not only treat acne like Proactive did, they also treat other common skincare concerns like aging and sun damage and sensitivity and whatnot. And I, not only was I in a place where I was looking for good quality skincare, uh, I also, having a pharmacist background, understood the ingredients and the science behind, behind these products. So when I was introduced to this company, it was very much like, hell yeah, sign me up for this. You mean I can make money, uh, you know, marketing this great thing? Yeah, I'll absolutely do it. And I will, just on a side note, I will. I would encourage you, if I'm sure you've heard of Rodan and Fields, but if you haven't, Google them or email me and I'll tell you all about it. But if you haven't purchased yourself a skincare regimen from Rodan Fields, you need to like stop my podcast right now and go purchase it. Every single person needs one of their skincare regimens on the reg. Like, not kidding. It's the best thing you'll ever do for your face. I promise you, no regrets. It's amazing. Okay? Amazing. And if you don't have a consultant, hello, you can totally ask me to be your consultant and I will be the best Rodan Fields consultant out there for you. I totally will. So anyway, um, off that side note, that was, that's my Botox. So that was my Botox history and I didn't get Botox again until this past January when a friend of mine, a mommy friend of mine was, was part of her job was like she's kind of an event coordinator and she coordinated this kind of like 
mom, mommy's night out spa day or spa night or spa happy hour. I forgot. And it was at this local laser and aesthetic place here in Charleston. And they were offering essentially like half off Botox. And I thought, oh, hell yes. Because it had been so long since I actually had it. But also, I, would, I realized that I was a play, in a place in my life where I didn't have anyone telling me not to do it. You know what I mean? Like, there was no husband anymore saying, don't do that, please. He was gone. <laughs> like, legally gone. So, I was like, sign me up. And it only lasts, you know, two to three months. So, then... To be quite honest, even though I am now working full-time again and am making a decent living, I looked it, looked it up on Groupon because it still is legit expensive, y'all. Like, legit expensive. So, yeah, I was looking for a deal. So, I saw this Groupon. Anyway, long story short, that's where I was yesterday at 3.30 in the afternoon was getting Botox. And it was awesome. And I love that I got it. And I'm proud that I got it. Okay, and that is why I'm not a singer because I am the worst singer on earth. And I'm sorry that I put y'all through that. So after that, I, what did I do? Oh yeah, so after that, I had to go to my old apartment and clean it out because there were still, so... I also I got a job, a new job in the last since the last time I put a podcast out. I got a new job and I've moved. So yesterday I had to clear out because I had to be like officially all completely out by tomorrow. So I had still still had some things lingering and I hadn't really cleaned, like hadn't vacuumed or anything. So last night I didn't have my daughter, which makes an errand like that so much easier. So I was able to really clean things out and clean up the apartment so that I was good to go for today when they did their like walkthrough thing. So that was my day yesterday. And look, now I am totally comfortable with talking to you and I feel better and I just need a little sip of water. And here, are we kidding? That was totally a sip of glass of wine. (laughs) I just said a sip of glass of wine. And that was totally a sip of wine is what I meant to say there. And no, I have not had a ton of wine. That was just a a slip up. Um, Okay, so here's the deal. This episode is way late, like 15 days late to be exact, because in my previous episode, I made this big deal about how I was going to put out an episode every 15th of the month, blah de blah I totally, totally let y'all down, because I did not, and I'm not going to give excuses, because I think that there was probably time, but I wasn't there, like, emotionally there because I had like I said started a new job so I was being pulled in that direction and I was in the process of moving which moving doesn't have to be hard but when you are a single mom working full-time with and you're a single mom of a two-year-old and you have a ginormous dog, moving becomes almost insurmountable, okay? It, it is very challenging. I even got movers, and it has just been very challenging. So, you know, like, Life happens, and 
I hate that I let y'all down or that I didn't live up to my, I'm going to put a podcast out there every 15th of the month. Um, I hate that I, you know, honestly, I didn't make it a priority at that time. I think I, my, not I think, my move-in date, my moving, literal move-in date was the 15th. So that is what I did all day. And no, at the end of that day, I did not, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down at my computer, which I didn't even have internet. I don't know if I, I can't remember the power. Was it on or did it turn on the next day? Maybe I had, I had power. I didn't have a couch. I didn't, but so I was just, the last thing I was going to do was sit on the floor and try to record a podcast. I just was not going to do it. So sorry. And then the days that followed, um, I didn't either. So Ta-da, here we are, 15 days late, and hate me and leave this podcast and never listen again, by all means, it's your prerogative, or or not. Let's have some fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 25 minutes, and I still haven't talked about what I want to talk about today. So today, I want to talk about, okay, so we all have... If we don't have currently, we've had in we have in our memory a time when we were dreading something. Like we knew something was coming, we knew something was gonna happen, and we were dreading it. We knew it was inevitable though. So a part of us was dreading it, a part of us was kind of getting ready for it. I don't know, maybe you maybe you're in denial for a while, but you know, like we've all kind of been there. And this is where the podcast gets hard. Up until now, it's just me like, you know, blah, 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 literally nothing of substance. And now this is when it gets hard. And now this is when I wish I would have poured myself more wine because I really want to take like five sips, five gulps, let's be honest, five gulps. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to pause this. Actually, you know what? I am going to do that. I'm going to pause because I can. I'm going to pause and I'm going to pour myself some more wine. So pause. Okay, much better. I am sitting here now with a full glass of wine. Mmm, yummy. And can continue. So, a thing that you're dreading, right? I think one of the, probably the first major thing that happens after getting divorced is dating. You know, it's it's kind of a big deal. Like, it's weird to date after you're divorced. I don't know why. It just is. And it can be maybe more exciting, more thrilling. I don't know. Everyone's different. Everyone handles it differently. But the reality of it is, most likely, I think, I didn't do any kind of like statistical research for this, but most likely both parties involved are going to eventually start dating someone, right? And when you have a small child, that feels heavier or, you know, harder or different because not only is your ex dating, falling in love with, creating a life with somebody else, now if there's a child involved, that other person has brought a, you know, parental, another parental figure into the picture that is what supposed to represent you is, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going through this as we speak. So I, 
it's something, so let me back up a little bit. It's something that I had thought about while I was separated and we weren't quite divorced. I multiple times, a lot of times would think about what it was going to be like when Kingsley's father started dating again. And not only dating, because I actually knew that at that time he had been dating, but what is it going to be like when he, you know, meets someone for real? And that person becomes the new me or I mean I don't know how to sit how I don't know how like she she becomes his counterpart which so for Kingsley would be you know the new mom right and I had a really 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 hard time with that and it's funny because when I thought about myself my own relationships my own future I could never really picture myself with anybody else like I could never I couldn't picture myself being married again or I don't know like so I kind of took myself out of this equation, and I think that was part of me trying to take myself out of the equation, period, because it was such a big deal to me. Like, I couldn't picture someone else being like a mom figure to Kingsley. It actually really insulted me. And it really, for a really, really long time, it made me so angry. And I thought that it would, it was so unfair. And but at the same time, I can't complain. Here I am signing the paper myself, agreeing to get divorced, right? Like, kind of made my own bed, sort of, so to speak, in this situation. And I'm not, not preventing it. So I'm not standing up and saying, no, let's get back together. Let's stay married, you know. No, I'm allowing it to continue. And with that comes the inevitable there's going to be a day when he meets someone and they start a life together and Kingsley will then have a different mom figure and so many things I can do a whole podcast on that that I probably will later but right now I just want to stick with the he started dating someone significant. So I knew it was going to happen. You know, even though I had, I have taken myself out of the equation and was like, it, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be there or whatever. I knew that it was going to, it was going to happen. I, you know, it just is, it just does. So it's something that I have been really struggling with for a long time, a long, long time. And we were separated for a year before our divorce was official. And our divorce was official in October. So we're talking, you know, a little less than six months ago or right at six months ago. I, I just, I, I don't know if in my worry I was also preparing myself. I, it was something definitely that you could say I was dreading that I knew was going to happen. And I had zero idea of how I would react, how it would feel. I, I really had, had no idea. And one night I did not have, or did I have Kingsley? 
No, I did not have Kingsley. She was with her father, and it was after her bedtime. And her dad texted me and said, "Hey, are you are you free? There's something that I'd like to talk to you about. Can I call you?" And in that, and those weren't his exact words. I'm not reading the text message word for word, but you know, close to something like that. And in that moment, I knew exactly what he was about to tell me. So just like I did, you know, five minutes ago, I went into the kitchen and poured myself a big glass of wine and gulped it down immediately. Well, I did not do that five minutes ago here in this situation. (laughs) I did pour myself a big glass of wine, but I did not gulp it. But in in that situation, I... I like shotgunned that glass of wine and then I poured myself another one and went back into the bedroom, got my phone and responded, yeah, give, I'm available, give me a call. So within five, ten minutes, he called me and exactly like I thought, told me that he had met someone that he had been seeing, this person, that he really felt like it was going somewhere serious, and he wanted to, well, the the reason he was calling was to ask me if it was okay for him to introduce Kingsley to her and a million things crossed my mind like a gazillion emotions a million and one things and I can put myself back there and I I, it was like shaking I was very tense I was shaking I I wasn't crying I even though I was shaking and just really tense I also was really calm Maybe I had put myself in that situation. I had visualized that situation so much. It didn't feel, it it felt like, I don't want to say comfortable because it wasn't comfortable, but I had visualized myself in that situation that it just, it felt like I had kind of been there, sort of. So I I was really calm and I... Um, you know, I, I, well, one of the first things is that I, I could tell he was nervous. Just the way he was talking before he actually said what he called to say, he was nervously chatting and that was another clue that this is the phone call. This is when... I find out that there's a significant other, right? Um, but at the moment, the moment that I realized that that was where I was, and that's where we were, and that's what was about to happen, you know, my my heart didn't drop like I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be this moment where my world fell apart again. And it wasn't. It was um I, I you know what? It probably was the glass of wine that I had shotgunned is what it was. <laughs> no, but even now talking about it, my heart doesn't drop. It It drops for the situation. It drops for the fact that we tried this marriage thing. And it drops for the fact that, you know, we failed Kingsley in bringing her up in a one-family home. And in the big picture sense, my heart still drops. And I think it will always drop. But in the particular sense, of Ian, oh, I almost said his name, 
of Kingsley's father seeing somebody else seriously, it didn't drop. I didn't feel betrayed. I didn't feel angst. I didn't, I didn't feel bad things. Honestly, I felt, I felt relief, which was really weird. Uh, That caught me off guard. I did not expect to feel relief. And it wasn't relief like, oh, he's going to be off my back because he wasn't, we didn't have that kind of relationship. It was relief like, oh, he knows how to love again, like how to truly love again. Our marriage wasn't so damaging that he forgot how to love. So he knows how to love. And that was relief for me that that actually kind of made me happy. And I, I said something like, you know, I'm, I'm truly happy for you. And I, I think that you deserve a, a good person in your life and someone that you can say that you love and someone who says that they love you. And still today, I feel that I feel that for him. So, and that's surprising. I I wouldn't have put myself there if you were to ask me probably even the day before. Would I see myself feeling that or saying that? I would have told you no. I would have told you no. I definitely not. But in the moment, that is, and now after the moment, that that is how I truly feel. I thought also it was, you know, kind of respectful for him to make the effort to call me and ask me permission or, you know, to tell me that there's someone else in his life and to ask me permission. He didn't have to do that. Um, so I thought, I thought it was respectful and in our marriage, he never showed me that kind of respect. So it showed me some growth in him, which made me happy. Also made me jealous of her, not of him, but of her, because I feel like he, at, in, during our separation and in our divorce and now, well, and uh, that's a whole nother podcast, but I think he's in a much better place and she's getting all the good is how I kind of feel, you know, like I dealt with all the bad. I was there for the hard, I guess, you know, I, I supported him. I did this. I did blah, 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 blah. Like could go on and on. Um, you know, it's not a woe is me kind of thing, but yeah, you know, give me some credit. You're not where you are without me. Like, you got there, you know, I I had a huge thing, a huge part of getting to where you are, and it's really frustrating that you weren't able to get there while we were together. We were apart, and you were getting there, and now you're, you know, going in the right direction and now it's with someone else so that is annoying and makes me jealous of her you know makes me like why her why not why not me why don't I get those goods (laughs) you know whatever I know that sounds so twisted and then a little bit of mama bear comes out you know because I'm thinking oh hell no she better not walk up in here thinking that she's going to be mom to my little baby girl because absolutely not. She Kingsley has one mom and I'm it and she better just keep herself in that dark corner and never, ever, ever, ever try to be mom to her. A little bit of mama bear came out, just a little bit. Not verbally to Kingsley's father, but I'm just kind of telling y'all emotionally what I was going through. 
Um, I think I mentioned that I was kind of sad that this was reality. Um, but it is, it is kind of, it is sad that it, it is, it's definitely, I never thought, you know, three years ago, Kingsley's two and a half, three years ago, I never thought that this is something I was going to experience or where I would be. And, you know, a weird part of me was like, okay, I'm probably the last person he's telling, honestly, because I was probably the hardest person that he had to tell. His friends probably all know, his family knows, and I'm thinking, what, what do they think? Are they, like, I'm sure they're happy for him, but are they saying things like, so glad, you know, Chris isn't in the picture. I'm so glad. This just makes me so happy because we were so sick, uh, you know, Chris. And, blah, blah, blah. and then I'm like, why do I care? Why do I care that their opinions of me do not matter? Like, why do I care? So it's definitely a roller coaster of emotions. And I think I'm still feeling it. Um, it wasn't very long ago that he told me. So it's, I don't know. And I think maybe I guess I will always have a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to that. And. Stay tuned to a future podcast when me and her go go after it, after it? I don't know, go at it, yeah, when me and her go at it over something we disagree about when it comes to Kingsley, because like I said, if she dare try to step in and try to be Kingsley's mom, I will slit her throat. And if that happens, if someone slits her throat, I just want to say that I said that not in a, like, I'm going to slit her throat way. So please don't use this as evidence. It's not like I'm planning to slit her throat. That's just a coincidence that happened. Someone slit her throat. Obviously, she overstepped in some other place in life, and somebody else got mad and slit her throat. So... Just a disclaimer there, or a just wanted to um, prove my innocence. <laughs> oh. oh, another thing that I thought was, I wonder if she stalked, if she has stalked me on social media. I wonder if she has, like, what does she think? And has she listened or read any of my blogs or listened to any of my podcasts? Because she might be listening right now. Because I'm very trans... I'm... I don't know. I guess transparent. But I... Not necessarily transparent. I just talk about the hard shit and that no one wants to talk about. I put it out there and I say, this is what I'm going through. And not everyone is into that, you know? So I wonder... I will say that I refuse to stalk her on social media. Like, I refuse. I think a part of that is me being in denial or afraid that she's going to prove to be all put together and her life is perfect and yada yada. Um, or just maybe a principle of I I just I refuse I refuse to give her that extra time of my day. I just I just do I I don't know. That's uh, whatever. Do with that what you want to do. Um. So I guess this episode I just obviously it's something. This is something that I recently. Um, have been going through and wanted to put out there and if any of you are going through this or have been through it you're not alone um if you have I was about to say if you have any advice shoot an email my way but you know what we're all different. We are all in our different circumstance situations. And right now I'm not open to advice. Like I am still kind of processing it. So I kind of still want to stay in my brain and in my own emotions. And maybe 
in the near future, I'll want some input and advice, but right now I really, I really don't, which is a good thing about doing a podcast because I don't have anyone live on the other end with their expressions and emotions and responses right there and in front of me because I'm just not quite ready for that. So thank you for listening. And guess the lesson in this is, you know, that thing that you're dreading that you know is inevitable is in fact inevitable. It is going to happen. And you may know how you're going to react or how life is going to be when it does, and you may not. It may kick you in the gut or it may kick you in the butt and set you in gear. Um, But it will happen, and you'll get through it, you know, unless, unless the inevitable is someone shooting you in the head then you, you you won't get through that unless they like really miss and then you'll be deformed and mentally damaged and that would suck for you. Sorry about that. But if you have like an inevitable you know situation that's coming, uh, that's not someone that's going to kill you, um, you know, you'll get through it and you'll see life on the other end. And then it will be something that has happened to you and not something that you are dreading. So that burden will be lifted. So that's good. Um, and so you'll get through it. You'll get past it. Time, time keeps moving. Life keeps going, right? So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I know this has been an unusually long episode. But it is 15 days overdue, so you got that much more of me. I appreciate your follow. If you don't follow me on social media, I'm found on Instagram under Sparkle in the Mess. And if you haven't read my blog, my blog is www.sparkleinthemess.com. I'm really not on Facebook for personal reasons, so don't follow me there. I mean, you can. You just There's not going to be much there. So anyway, thank you. Cheers. Pour yourself a glass of wine if you haven't already or beer or liquor or whatever you're into. Um, And until next time. And I will try to do once a month episodes, which honestly, if you think about, that's what I wanted to do a month ago. I said I wanted to do once a month episodes. And I said that it was going to be on the 15th. But I did say once a month, and it is still less than a month later. And so I still did what I set out to do. So this is our monthly podcast. Signing off, your host, Chris Lennon. Have a great one. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it was somewhat helpful. And I hope to have you join me on the next episode. This is Chris Lennon with the Sparkle in the Mess podcast.